0: Hi, my name is David Elstein. And this is the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast. Each episode is designed to help busy orthopedic surgeons learn more about the ABUS and board certification. In this episode, we talk about the changes to ABUS's maintenance of certification program that were announced earlier this year. We're here with ABUS executive director, Dr. David Martin, who is ABUS board certified and has ABUS subspecialty certification in orthopedic sports medicine. He is also participating in MOC. Dr. Martin's requirements are the exact same as every other diplomate. Hi, Dr. Martin, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, David,
1: it's great to be here and talk about our maintenance of certification program.
0: So what's changing with the ABUS MOC program?
1: That's a good question, and to start with, I'd like to talk about what's not changing about our maintenance of certification program. Our maintenance of certification program, as you know, is a 10-year cycle, and we've not changed that. For the most part, our maintenance of certification program consists of four parts. The first is professional standing and to maintain board certification an individual diplomate must maintain an unrestricted state medical license and if they are operating have a hospital or surgical center uh, admitting privileges. They still need to participate in continuing education and that's 240 continuing medical education credits every 10 years 40 of which need to be gained through self-assessment examinations. That part has not changed as well. The third part is a knowledge assessment. We have several pathways for our knowledge assessment. The first would be our ABOS web-based longitudinal assessment program. The second would be our long-standing computer-based recertification examinations. And the third would be an oral recertification examination. So those have remained the same. In addition, the fourth part is an application and caseless process. And a diplomate will still be required to submit an application, we're going to change the name of that, but to submit an application and a case list, which would trigger a peer review process once every 10 years. And that's professional standing and performance in practice. So the four parts have still stayed the same. You can still take a computer-based recertification examination in years 5 through 10. You can still choose any one of the three knowledge assessment pathways and the overall requirements for continuing medical education, the CME credits have not changed. Let me talk about then what's new with the program. All of the changes that we'll talk about take place January 1, 2024. The first is that we've developed a great partnership with the ACCME, the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, our academy, the AAOS, and other CME providers. And what that program will do is directly, automatically transfer CME credits to the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery. In the past, diplomates have had to upload information either to their academy learning portfolio or to our website when they participated in CME activities. Hopefully what this will do is digitize that process so when a diplomate participates, in a CME event that will automatically come to the ABOS either through their learning portfolio at the Academy or through the ACCME and there will be no uploading of documentation. That should hopefully be starting in the next couple months and more information will be available about that coming soon. The next change is the application has been changed to a professional standing update. That will be submitted with the case list in year seven, eight, or nine of the 10-year cycle. So we've separated the application in the case list from the knowledge assessment. So that's now a professional standing update that will take place in year seven, eight, or nine, and that will involve submitting that professional standing update and case list without being tied to the CME requirement and without being tied to any type of examination.
0: So Dr. Martin, what you just talked about, our changes that affect everyone, but aren't there certain changes that are only going to affect certain diplomates?
1: Uh, yes, David, actually that's correct. So those changes that we talked about will affect everyone. Everyone will be able to have their CME uploaded automatically. And we really think that's going to change the way our CME is collected. We are moving towards digitizing those processes and that will really help our diplomates and that will help all diplomates. In addition, all diplomats will do the professional standing update and case list, and that will be submitted in year seven, eight, or nine. There is a big change for those diplomats whose board certification expires in 2031 or later than that. So, if your 10 year cycle ends in 2031, 2032, or onward, then that will change the way your CME uh, requirements read. and what that will do is say that you need to earn half of those so that's 120 CME overall of which 20 have to be self-assessment that has to be done by December 31st of year five and then the second half of your CME will need to be earned between years five and ten and that will change the way we collect CME so prior to that you needed to earn CME half of it by year three to be called participating in MOC. Now, everyone will be participating in MOC, but those individuals with 2031 or later as their end date need to earn half of the CME in years one to five and the other half in years six through 10. And that will be a hard stop at the end of year five. Now, this CME requirement that we have is really about the same as most state medical boards require. So. We don't think any extra work will need to be done by most of our diplomates. They need to be earned for most state medical licenses either year over year or every two years. And our average of 24 over every year is is about what most states require, some less, some a little bit more. And so hopefully this won't change for most of our diplomates. They can find out when their certificate expires by logging into their ABOS dashboard at www.abos.org and that'll have their end date at the top of the screen. If that's 2031 and before, we will have the CME requirement be half in years one through five and half in years six through ten and that will be a hard stop. Those people who don't earn 120 category one CME credits by the end of year five will expire uh, their certification will be taken away at that point and so that we really need to communicate that well to them that they need to uh, maintain that 120 and 20 in the first five years.
0: So currently Dr. Martin it's 120, 20 in three years now it's moving to one twenty twenty 20 in five years is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Now that decision now at three years is just a decision change that list- changes how they're listed on our website either participating in uh, maintenance of certification or not participating in maintenance of certification. Uh, However, uh, this will be a hard stop now at five years. So we'll give an additional two years to earn half of that requirement, and then it will give additional two years at the other end because they'll have to earn it by year 10, not necessarily by year seven, eight, or nine when they submit the professional standing update. So it's actually more time during the same number of CME credits but the consequences will affect their board certification.
0: And it confirms so it's not cumulative as in you cannot earn 240 credits in the first five years and not do anything the second five years.
1: Right that's correct that was one of the reasons for the change in that a person could actually earn all of the CME in the first three years and then not do anything for the remaining seven and our board really thought that those continuing medical education credits ought to be spread out over the 10-year cycle.
0: So that's a perfect segue. So I guess, why did the ABUS make the change, besides what you just mentioned?
1: Sure, so that, that is a very good question. Why would we make this change? Uh, number one, that was one of the reasons that if people were earning all of their CME in the first three years, that really wasn't in keeping with our requirement of a continuing medical education requirement stretched over a diplomate's career the other thing as we have changed our written examinations such that individuals can take our computer-based recertification examinations in years five through ten an individual could meet their cme requirements send in an application take the computer-based recertification examination in year five and then they would be certified for another 15 years and really would not have any interaction with the board and we just did not feel like that that was how we wanted that relationship to work in addition parallel to that the American Board of Medical Specialties the ABMS and that's our parent board we are one of 23 member boards of that organization they updated their continuing certification standards that require all medical boards to evaluate diplomates in a standard way and they changed the requirement to say that we ought to evaluate a diplomate at least once every five years and make a consequential decision. Other boards have gone to a five year cycle. We wanted to respect our ten year cycle because we feel that that's a reasonable way to evaluate our diplomates and what we thought was the best way to accomplish that was to spread the CME out over a ten year cycle and that helps us to align with state medical licensure requirements also aligned with our goals of safe, ethical, and effective orthopedic care.
0: So who made this decision?
1: So this decision was made by our board of directors, which is 20 practicing orthopedic surgeons from across the country and one public member. And we went through the continuing certification requirements as they came down from the ABMS. We looked at how our maintenance of certification program had evolved And looked at that over a year, and what we wanted to do was protect the public, which is our mission, with safe, ethical, and effective orthopedic care, but also to try and be the least burden to our diplomates. And how could we meet those requirements, stay true to our mission, and continue to decrease the burden and increase the value of our board certification programs?
0: So the ABOS made this announcement about the changes, I don't know, four or five months ago. What feedback have you received so far? So we've received uh, several types of feedback. Obviously, this is
1: a change. We feel like it's a change for the better, much like when we introduced our longitudinal assessment program. We have gone to great lengths to open that up to every practicing orthopedic surgeon in the country, not just orthopedic surgeons who started in year one to do that program. And by the same token, this CME change, we feel like is valuable for all of our diplomates to be spreading out their continuing medical education over the 10-year cycle. So we have received some feedback that that has changed the rules, if you will. But as we've talked to them and said, actually, this is in keeping with your state medical board, uh, they have understood. We have had several uh, diplomates say, We should have high standards. We shouldn't lower our standards. We should keep those high standards, and that is a continuing medical education program that uh, travels over the life of the 10-year cycle, and I think that really is is the ideal that we are looking for, a program that really spreads out the maintenance of certification requirements over the 10 years, allows us to evaluate orthopedic surgeons at various points during that 10 years. Utilizes the continuing medical education program to do that, along with the other parts of maintenance of certification, which are really important. Maintaining medical licensure, maintaining hospital or surgical center admitting privileges, participating in a knowledge assessment update, participating in a peer review program, looking at a case list, uh, looking at the professional standing update to be sure that uh, uh, individuals are keeping up with their Hospital privileges, keeping up with maintaining relationships with other diplomates, and those types of things. So, I think this really makes sense in keeping with our overall maintenance of certification program and our mission. In addition, the change to working through the ACCME to have CME credits uploaded automatically through our digital system I think will be a great help to our diplomates. That will involve some growing pains as we change our relationship with CME providers and with our diplomates. But as that system is automated, that will make it much easier for diplomates to still upload their CME or have their CME uploaded to the ABOS automatically. It also allows them to continue to interact with our academy, the AOS, and maintain their learning portfolio. So I think that part of the program is a real win and also is in keeping with our mission to strive for safe, ethical, and effective orthopedic surgery while decreasing the burden on our ABOS diplomates. Okay, I think that's
0: a great way to end the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Martin, for your time. For more information about the ABOS MOC program and the changes, you can go to www.abos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast, Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts so you know the next episode is posted.